John McGrath, Million Dollar Agent, the podcast coming to you pretty much every Friday. That's the new operating pattern. How are you going, Johnny? Good, Tom. Very, very well. G'day to everyone. We've all had a busy week and had the pleasure of catching up with you a few times this week. So uh, your real estate gym was an outstanding success. So well done. I enjoyed being there with that team. Yeah, well, that's what we're going to talk about today, John. We're going to do a quick summary and a review of that great presentation you delivered to 2,900 agents ended up seeing that in the new world of hybrid events. And, uh, John, it was a fantastic presentation. And what I thought I'd do is we're not going to get you to go through the whole presentation, but what I've done is I've got your slide deck here and... um, and I'm going to just bring up various slides and then just get mm. what you were thinking about when you actually put that deck together, that slide, and you were talking about it. And that first slide is do not feed estate agents. So this is a photo <laughs> of, a, of a letterbox and someone looks like it's probably in New, looks like King Street, Newtown, maybe. Um, it's actually Dulwich Hill. It's, it's, you're close, it's, but it's in the same hood. Uh, yeah. I was itching. I opened with that, Tom, with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, but it's a, it's a real post and, and it basically it's, you know, it's a vulture and sort of people are saying, you know, got to kill real estate agents. Um, and, and I said to the crowd, well, as you know, um, why is it that people are sort of anti our industry? And the answer is we deserve have deserved it over a long time because for such an important transaction, we're just not providing, it haven't been historically, the right service you know you think about someone's buying someone's selling biggest decision of their life with regard to finance and home and family and a whole range of things and yet you think most agents they at best they're operationally efficient but nonetheless transactional this is a big decision so i'm saying to the crowd your your gym members you've got to get deeper in the relationship you've got to recognize this is a really big decision people want straight answers they want well-considered recommendations. They want data so they can make a safe and intelligent decision. And yet I think as an industry, still to this day, although we're improving, you know, thanks to things like your gym, Tom, and, and other coaching out there, I think we're improving. But you, you've got to see this as a really big thing. Don't tell riddles. Talk straight. Be honest. Deal in specifics. Don't guess. And so that was really, I, I guess I was saying, as an industry, we have to own up and take responsibility for the fact that most consumers don't have a good feeling about us and change it. Now, John, the Blair Witch Project slide, love mm. this. At the bottom of the slide, it says 25, 25K budget, 250 million box office revenue. What were you saying in this slide? So I show a few slides, as you know, Tommy, that really want – I'm trying to get people to get rid of their excuses and expand their thinking – you're never going to create a bigger life than you can than you can sort of uh, visualise for yourself. So I talk about Blair Witch because it was a few young film students, literally, you know, sort of 20, 21-year-olds, and they got together. They had no money. They, they put the hat around to family and friends. They raised $25,000 to do their own movie, and it grossed about $250 million at the box office. And I said, well, you know, everyone could have excuses. Those three or four young students that ended up being the producers of that could have had an excuse to say, well, we don't have the experience, we haven't certainly haven't got the budget, we don't know anyone in the studios, but they just did it. They got on and did it, and they and you know, so twenty five thousand becomes two hundred fifty million. So I don't know what's that a thousand x ten thousand x whatever it is. It's a hell of a return on investment. 
So again, I'm trying to I'm trying to have the audience realize that whatever things they think are in the way, and we often refer to them as mooring lines, they can be blown away with bigger thinking and an attitude that everything's achievable. We just have to figure out how. And John, the next slide I'm looking at, this one resonated to me because uh, of the uh, the cancer connection. Alan Murray and Jeanette Murray uh, yep. Wakeland. Um, so it's just a slide of a, a nice looking couple. They look like they're probably in their their fifties. I'd say I could be wrong. Yeah, I'd say probably more in the sixties now. But yeah, so the story is Jeanette got in. I think it was a mid forties. She got a very bad uh, cancer diagnosis, like stage four. You know, we can we can try and help out, but really, you better get your affairs in order. Type of conversation, and she admittedly at that point of her own admission was overweight. She didn't have a great diet, and she kind of figured that those things all contributed to it. So she thought, if I got any chance, even a slim of living, I need to clean up my diet, start exercising, you know, eat eat organic and all the good stuff that I know you've done. And um, so she she embarked upon that. And not only did she survive the cancer and get through, but about 15 years later, um, and, and again, obviously starting to exercise and lose weight was one of the activities, she ran. Th- she and her husband ran as a pair 366 marathons in a year. So clearly one a day um, they ran. Now, you know, anyone running one marathon, and I've never done it and probably never will, but a lot of people that do it, they say you need months and months to prepare, months and months to sort of afterwards to recover and recuperate but she wanted to actually show to everyone that anything's possible and the importance of health and and you know raw diet and all the organic stuff all the good stuff she did she wanted to kind of draw attention to that so she thought what better way can that i can do it from someone that was uh fit uh, sorry unfit obese actually poor diet to being someone that's now on a exemplary diet and ran a marathon a day so she actually did it as I guess, you know, you call it a publicity stunt to draw attention to people living a healthier life. So, again, whether it's Blair Witch Project, 25,000 to 25 million, or, or it's Jeanette Wakeling going from, you know, over, uh, overweight, you know, stage four cancer to running a marathon a day, I start the, the events by saying anything is possible. So then when you're sitting there in the crowd, Tommy, as you saw your people and they say, well, um, I'm doing 25 sales and John mentioned 2X, that'd be 50 sales. Is that really possible? Well, if you think about some of the things that I've just spoken about and some of the things others have achieved, not only is it possible, it's extraordinarily possible in short time, if not more. So I'm trying to expand people's thinking and give them evidence to get rid of their mooring lines. You do that very well, John. And the guy that I'm going to talk about next on your slide deck uh, Elon Musk, what would Elon do? It's a conversation that I was having with you uh, yesterday, mm. and that is that it's obvious that a lot of real estate, some people do it better than others, and you guys, John, have always done it at the pointy end. You've always been um, uh, the first line of people doing things differently, whether it was marketing, EBUs, but the reality is most of real estate in Australia, New Zealand, maybe most of the world, is done in a way that someone like Elon Musk could come along and think, hey, it can be done faster, better, better value. Um, What were you thinking about bringing Elon Musk in your slide deck? 
Well, the point there, Tommy, look, and thank you for your kind comments. I think we've improved the mousetrap, but I don't think we've yet reinvented the industry, but that's that's the direction I'd like to take. So my, my point was to everyone, um, what would happen if tomorrow Elon Musk got into the real estate industry? He said, okay, SpaceX is done, Tesla's done, now I'm going to get into real estate. I will guarantee you he wouldn't enter and just do what we're doing slightly better he would look for a brand. He'd say, what are the customers looking for? What do they want? What do they deserve? Um, uh, and that's that's what he'd be doing. So what, what we've really got to look at as an industry is if, if a brand new person got in of, of the calibre and thinking of Musk, what would you do different? And then we can do it ourselves. I mean, what do consumers, buyers, sellers really want? And, and go through that detail because at the moment I think at best we're, we're kind of like improving the situation but we're not reinventing it sufficiently. Okay, John, the slide Gravitas with Steve mm. Job in the background. Um, you know, I didn't even know what the word Gravitas meant. Um, so for those that weren't so, so, at the event- So Gravitas, and I got this from Julie Masters, Tom, who's also a great presenter. And yeah, you know, Ju- Julie presented to our team a few years ago, and she said, look, in, in business and in life, the, at times you need a certain level, and she called it Gravitas. And I was a bit like you. I'd kind of vaguely heard of it but didn't really know. And she said it's it's the ability to ground the situation, ground people, get people with a certain intensity deciding on a certain outcome. And she said, you know, there's a lot of chit-chat in real estate and there's a lot of excited, enthusiastic people and energy is important and we like all of that. But at some time you've got to say, and you're, you're brilliant at this, Tom, sometimes you've got to say, hey, Tom, let's get down to making a decision. Let's run through the facts and we need to make a decision. And just, you know, you drop your tonality, you, 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 you increase your eye contact, you, um, you just get to a place that really feels like it's time for business. And I think in the industry, that is lacking. And yet that's usually the place where all the best decisions are made when someone gets down and they kind of bring the energy in. So, uh, you know, I, I use the back, background of Steve Jobs because I think despite him being a creative genius and and also very inspirational. I think what he was was he was like a pretty serious, intense guy when it came to changing the world. So I, I just talk about, you know, and I think on that same slide, Tommy, we spoke about soft hard as being an important thing in real estate. You've got to have the soft skills, which is empathy, which is understanding, which is care, all those things that we call them soft. But you've got to have the hard skills of being able to ask for a decision and you have to be able to close and you have to be able to deal with people's objections, um, front on, straight on, and clearly. So it's kind of just teaching everyone that, you know, that there's not one side. It's not about being a hard agent or a soft agent. You need to have both skills. Okay. The final slide I want to touch on, John, is uh, relevant today because Djokovic won last night um, mm. at the Australian Open in Melbourne. And you've got a slide here. Um, if anyone that's listening here, just visualise this. There's a photo. We of should Djokovic. put it on your website, Tommy, for everyone. Yes. Or send, because yes, it, 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 I'll talk it through. But when you see the statistics and you line up, so basically the story there is um, Djokovic, obviously, you know, currently world number one, has been for a number of years. But if we go back about uh, to 2004, um, he was number 292 in the world. So how do you get from 292 to number one? And, and some very accurate statistics follow. The ones that are most important are when he was number 292, he won 49% of the matches. So he's winning kind of 
half his matches, which sounds like not too bad, but it still had him ranked down around 300. And then when he got to, to number one, he was winning 90% of his matches, so kind of almost all of them. So that was kind of, you'd say, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But the interesting thing is when you drill it down to points, when he was number 292, he was winning 49% of his points, exactly the same percentage as the matches. And when he went to number one, he was only winning 55%, or he still today only wins 55% of his points. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is this. Incremental, small, one percenters, what I called at the event, aggregation of marginal gains. So when you string together lots and lots of little things, little one percent improvements, you string them together, you make a massive improvement. So even though he only shifted his needle from 49% wins to 50 points to 55%, it took him to number one in the world. So again, I say to agents, you might be losing listings by one, two, or three percent. It's quite possible, if not probable, that you know, it's a hard decision between you and someone else. Yet reality is if you lose the listing, you get zero. If you win the listing, you get 100% of the available commission. So, again, if agents are out there and they're kind of thinking, oh, you know, how do, you know, Gav Rubenstein and Pete Chauncey and Matt Stein made all these guys doing amazing, I'll never get there. Reality is you might be closer to momentum than you actually think. So what you need to do is look at the one percenters, yeah, zero to 10, what's your listing presentation? Most people I find are a six or a seven at best, some are less. How do you improve it and unpack it? You know, what, I wonder what Pete Chauncey says in listing. What does Alex Jordan say? What does Matt Steinway? And, you know, through things like Eric and through Real Estate Gym and through this podcast, hopefully there's plenty of resource for people to unpack their own, you know, rebuild it more intelligently, make sure your case studies, your statistics are all relevant and compelling and build that together. So I just love the, the Djokovic metaphor because it chose to go from number 300 to number 100, sorry, to number one. You've only got to improve a few things and do it consistently. Now, John, um, after talking with you yesterday about the uh, the great performance of uh, Alex Jordan in Queensland, who won Agent um, Agent of the Year at the REA Awards, and I, I mm. rang him up. I rang him up. So he's actually doing a, a deep dive of his business and his digital strategy um, in the real awesome. estate gym on five thirty on Tuesday, but I said to I said to Alex, I said, mate, um, how much did you write? And he said, oh, mate, um, I'm at three point eight. And I said, mate, that's amazing, three point eight for a year in real estate in Brisbane, mate. That's that's incredible. And he said, oh no no, I said he said I'm at three point eight. It's not for the twelve <laughs> months. I said, right. I said. So, so what, what are you saying? He goes, oh, well, we're still, you know, I've still got the remainder of the financial year. And then yeah, he'll uh, crack I, over five million. Yeah. Well, Johnny said to me, look, you know, I'm aiming for six and maybe six, two, but I'm going to definitely hit over five because, you know, it's, we're in February and um, it's still a good selling and listing season uh, for the next three months. And he's got a lot in the pipeline. But, John, it's an extraordinary performance because I remember with Alex, I remember, so Alex is an interesting person because when I had my role at News Corp, he was uh, one of the few agents that wasn't involved in traditional media but was using mm. digital and social media and crushing it, doing extremely streamlined <coughs> well, work, you know? Interestingly, Tom, the most interesting thing about him is he's not only one of the best agents on the planet, he's one of the most beautiful people you could ever meet. So anyone that thinks oh, you've got to be, you know, a little bit sneaky or a little bit, you know, hard to be an agent. He's a wonderful human being. So he dismisses any of those myths. 
number one. Number two is he's actually not an auction agent, whereas most, if you look at most of the top people in the country, they are auction agents within our company, within other companies. He, he's doing it his own way. So he, he's, you know, he's got a different approach, um, which is interesting. Um, third thing is when he joined us, he was doing about 400K when he joined us. And a few weeks ago, we must have spoken, I think we spoke about moving from agent to principal or whatever. Yes. yes. Whatever whatever that was, we got tremendous feedback. I, I've never had so many people text me and call about it, but I wasn't quite sure which one it was, but they said, oh, that was great. <laughs> so anyway, pat on the back to both of us, um, for whichever one it was, because it seemed to hit the mark. But um, he was he was at a company at the time that was paying very, very high commissions, very, very large commissions, and that was part of their attraction. They went out and they said, you keep almost all the commission. And when we were recruiting him, and you and I spoke about this at the cafe the other day when we caught up, when we were recruiting him, it was kind of like 90% of 400. And he said, well, hang on, you guys are only going to pay me like 60%. I'm already on 90%. Why does it make sense to come across? So we we sold him the big picture on, you know, improving, coaching, growing your market share, how we can do it, building a team, leveraging, all that stuff that we coach our team. Anyway, long story short, he's now getting a very, very nice um, a nice percentage of five million, as opposed to slightly, but not much, slightly bigger percentage of four hundred k. So, you know, when when you are potentially seduced by some of the offerings out there, you've just got to put it in perspective. Of, and I'm not being anti anyone that pays big commissions. That's up to you. You've got to work out your own business model and your own point of difference. But I think for agents, it's ninety percent of what, eighty percent of what, seventy percent of what. And Alex, I just love the fact because we talk about 10xing all the time in, in events, and he's literally 10xed his business in a few short years. Now, and John, he's he's a uh, would it be early 30s? Oh, it's maximum, I think. It might be yeah, 32, something like that. 32, you know, young family. Uh, uh, um, oh you know. yeah, yeah. And he's had some health struggles. He would be you know the first to admit he's had some serious health issues. They they weren't self inflicted. You know, he had some he had some some serious health issues, and he's. Moving through those, and he's a balanced family guy, uh, incredibly high achiever, very generous, very humble. He kind of ticks every box that you and I are looking for when we're looking for people to interview or have at Eric or just hire or whatever. He's just a good human being. So, yeah, I'm delighted that your gym members are going to uh, be able to listen to him on Tuesday. And I think, you know, make sure you've got a pen and paper for everyone because you're going to get a lot of great takeaways from him. John, the final thing I was going to say is the slide that really nailed it for me, and I've seen it before, but it just, you know, if you win a listing, right, and you beat, oh, yeah. second, if you beat, if you beat second place, if you beat second place just by 1%, first yeah. place gets 100% of the fee, second place gets 0% of the fee, and in fact, because second place, fifth place gets the same as fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh place. So, you know, when you put that slide together, John, uh, what are you thinking? Um, and I'm happy for you to share that with your members, Tommy. Um, so same thing. When I say to people, you, our goal when we're working with you is to double your income but have you work 500 hours less. It's actually serious and it's literal. We're trying to – and people say, but how on earth can I do it? And I said, well, how many listings have you gone to in the last month? And people say, oh, six. And how many did you win? Two. Okay, so the four you missed, you went and spent time preparing, going there, chasing, following up, and you got zero. If we can just improve your performance in the meeting by a few percent and we can help find a way so with a vendor rather than saying, look, I think I'm just going to go with the other one, there's just something a little bit there. If you're that agent, so again, I don't care if you win a listing by 40% or 1%, 
as long as you win the listing, you get 100% of the fee, you get the ability to leverage, you get all the good stuff that comes with it. So I think if you know if you share the Djokovic, because those two those two slides should go hand in hand. If you share with your gym members the uh, the Djokovic and the and that, I think it's a it tells a story, and then it's a matter of how it shows you how expensive it is not to be at your best. John, I bet you Benji Marshall, who signed with South Sydney, your team for twenty twenty one. I bet you, yep. mark my words, he'll kick a field goal against the Tigers. And win a game this year, <laughs> and you'll get two points, and we'll get zero. That's what Benji Marshall right. will do. One percent. That's what <laughs> yeah. we are hoping on. Yeah, All right, John. Thank Thanks, you. I'm going to leave you back to your meetings. Everyone Talk signing off. Six weeks guys. till Easter. Let's go. Bye.